Yeah, no worries. My absolute pleasure. You know, it's uh, awesome to speak with you. Um, how's it Damien? How's it Damien so far? Good. I did a couple other interviews earlier and uh, just I got a few more after. So I'm just I got the whole day full up today. <laughs> it's fun, isn't it? Really? The album releases and just the work just doesn't stop. Yeah, well, that's what we've been waiting for. You know, that's the exciting part of it. You know, hearing the feedback, that's the most important thing, the feedback, you know. Yeah, have you been paying much attention to the response? And I'm not just talking about, say, the critical reviews, the magazines, the websites and stuff, uh, as well about the fans, just the people who are commenting and talking. That's, yeah, that's all I've really been seeing because I only, I'm only active on the Instagram. I don't really go anywhere else. I'm not too big of a social guy, man, at all. I'm real primitive, old school. But from what I've been seeing, it's just what the fans wanted, you know, and that's what we write for. And, you know, I'm not trying to reinvent anything. I think, you know, over the years... I, you know, we have an identity and that's what we found and they know our sound and that's what they want. I mean, I mean, I know some people take that as a good way and a bad way, but I'm not looking to change anything. I like the formula that we got and it's working. Well, absolutely. When it results in such a satisfied, satisfying piece of music, not just for the fans, but I think as well, from an outside perspective looking in, it looks like it's been a very satisfying experience for Jungle Rock. Yeah, 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 I agree. It's going good so far and... Uh, to launch as well man i mean i know a couple of cds in the vinyl we know how it is in the world today it's all backed up there's some unpatient people i ain't even seen it yet myself so i'm getting unpatient myself but i'm supposed to get a couple copies by the end of the week uh next week and because we started a new tour and I'll, that'll be my first time seeing a layout <laughs> fantastic well you're right it's it's a mess out there the backup is crazy so yeah they, they, they have to understand that people have to understand that man i mean if one thing we learned out of this i would think out of what we've been going through is i would think we all learned a little bit more patience right i mean something that we might have needed you know <laughs> yeah you'd hope but you know, overall, in the Jungle Rock camp, how is everything? How are you all feeling, you know, amongst yourselves? Good. We're feeling really good. I mean, we're strong. I mean, we've been waiting to get out. It's been two years since we've been out. I mean, we've been doing offs, one-offs here and there, but nothing full tour. And then we're excited to get out here and uh, pull this album off, man. I mean, uh, live, you know, we're going to do five songs on the, on the set list, five new songs off the album. We're excited with that. And uh, I think we're going to win them over with them. Yeah, I can't imagine the difficulty it must be when it comes to doing a set list these days, because obviously an extensive back catalog plus the new album. Yeah, well, this time around, we're going to headline, so we're getting, you know, an hour plus, so it's a little easier. We're going to try to touch everything, you know, every album we got a little here and there. But yeah, and then 35, 40 minutes, I mean, where do you begin? I mean, you know, you, you try to pick the ones that, you know, that go over good with the crowd when we tour, and then that's usually what we go over, the ones that go over the best, you know. Why don't you play this one? Why don't you play this one? Well, you know, we had 35 minutes at this fest. I mean, what do you, I mean, what do, you do? <laughs> pay you a ton of money to come play in their living room and you'll play whatever they want, right? Yeah. I would love to do that, man. I, I think that's cool. <laughs> Might not take a ton of money, just, just a good time, you know. <laughs> um, how much of an effect has the last couple of years, the COVID period, as it were, had on Jungle Raw and its influence on the record, if there was any at all? There really wasn't, man. We got done doing the touring on uh, self-titled. We were out for two years touring on that. And then right when we pulled the plug on the tour and we're like, we're going to have to start right now. We finished a cycle and it hit right after that. It hit like two months later. Here we are at the end of the world. So it kind of the timing was right for us, but we finished the album in a year. And what was weird is that we sat on it for a year almost, man. And we'd never done that before. You know, we're used to putting it out 
right away, three months later, you're on the road and, and you know, things start moving. Well, what happened is we started, I started messing around with the mix and stuff, you know, and I, I think I needed more of this and more of that. I was starting to doubt it. And uh, what happened is we ended up doing a one big circle and ended up with the original mix that we started with, man. And I think that's the thing that I learned from it, man. Just too much time. We wanted to do something with it, you know, so much. But it started getting in the way and our heads were getting a little discouraged and Dan Swano mixed it. And he was telling me, no, this is, you know, I'll do whatever you want, but I think this is what, this is it. And then one big circle right back to the original, man. <laughs> That's fascinating because one of the things almost every artist we've spoken to uh, regards to this period has talked about time and how it's been a good and a bad thing. A good thing because yeah. you had a chance to work and take your time a bit more. But the bad thing, which you basically just described there, the fiddling. Yeah, yeah, we never had, like I said, did that before. Sometimes when you put an album, I'm sure a lot of musicians can relate. You know, when you put it out, you hear it six months later. Oh, I wish I would have did this. I wish I would have did, did this. But in this case, we already had it perfect, I guess, and we were just playing with it for no reason. And that's that's scary, you know. I mean, I'm, gl I'm glad we went to the first one. Dan persuaded us, and he was right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely, because he certainly would have noticed that uh, there was any major changes as it went on this way. But considering you had to sit on it for a year, did that dent um, your interest in it, as obviously the music's older for you than it is us? Uh, what was it again? Did you kind of take your interest in the music after you've had to sit in it for a year and basically listening, playing around with our songs for so long? Um, has it reinvigorated? Has your excitement been reinvigorated by the final by the final release? Yeah, I think what what helped me too, man, is that you know on that downtime, I really got to really learn the songs and learn how to sing and play them. You know, that was a big thing. I had the time to actually because a lot of times when you go in the studio to record, you don't you don't really do the singing and playing until you start rehearsing. You know. And then the ones that come out most, you know, are that you go with. But I worked my butt off on, you know, practicing that. I know that downtime, so I was very valuable using that. And I can literally play everyone and sing them. And that's how it should be, you know. And it took some time. You know, memorizing the words is a thing. I think I got 100 songs now written. And, you know, it's getting hard to start cramming another two or three in there and memorizing it, you know. And it's take. I'm getting older and the memory's getting a little slower so I got to pound it and pound it and pound it. But so that downtime really did uh, help me out getting it in the old noggin. <laughs> did you um, did you do any live dates during, let's say, the particularly hard period of the COVID time? Because obviously different countries worked very differently. Yeah, we did uh, the year, not last year, but the year before. We ended up getting eight shows in. And then this, the year before that, we got in three. So mm. we got a few in. I mean, I mean, better than nothing, you know, and I'll tell you what, on it, you know, like you said, you kind of the time away and you start second guessing yourself, you know, and, you know, do I want to do this, you know, do that. You start working a lot, you lose distractions. And I know that first time that we got up there, the first time that we played in so long, we all, you know, this is what we still need to do. You know, we knew right away, this is what we love. You still, you know. What did you sort of think about uh, the brief little run, at least in this country, in the UK, but a brief little idea and run of kind of socially distanced, heavily uh, minimized crowds and seated shows and it even kind of happened in the rock and metal world was that something that ever came your way and would you have ever considered no we, no we never when we played the shows we didn't have the restrictions there was uh you know that the time was right where i'm from wisconsin it never really hit i mean <laughs> i mean it didn't i'm, I'm live right on the border it hit but the people didn't accept it 
and I'm on the border of Illinois. In Illinois, you go across the border, it's like you'd be shot if you didn't have a mask on back at that time, you know. And in Wisconsin, where I'm from, it's like it don't even exist. It's so it's so weird. <laughs> I so mean, but no, we didn't have to deal with any of the masks. There was none. Of, in the, no, I shouldn't say that. One show we did in, in Madison, they did. They asked us if we wanted to do a, a COVID vaccination or a mask, and we chose the mask. And, and they did have the mask on. I do remember that. We did one show with mask and. Uh, and it didn't slow the crowd down at all. They were still moshing and sweating and yelling right through the mask, I remember. Still very surreal. <laughs> so it was weird. Yeah, but I did do one. I mean, in a way, it's kind of good that I did do one because I'll remember that forever now. You know, that's the only one I did was in, I will remember that in my career, you know. Yeah, it's a unique experience and hopefully something you never have to ever do again. Yeah. You know, we'll look back at this and say, remember that show in Madison? I mean, during these, this is some... This is some tough times that we went through because a lot of musicians like me, you know, we lost two years now, three years, and I'm getting older and we're trying to keep fighting the fight. And, you know, we lost a couple of years, two, three years of tour. And that's a lot in an older band. Like I said, you know, we don't have too much time left, so we got to take advantage of what's left, you know? I mean, and there's a lot of other bands in our situation that are getting older in their career and the younger's coming up, you know? And so that was the biggest devastating thing I think is we lost some years out of touring, you know? Yeah, it's been a bit of a crazy seismic shift in the music industry because of it as well. But like, this isn't your first experience of like big shifts in the music industry, you know, 1992 to now from streaming mm. of that and torrents and uh, places like that. You've, you've still always survived and kept rolling. Yeah, that's, a, I don't know why, but I think the biggest why is because I still had a lot of the goals that I want to achieve. You know, a lot of notches in the belt I still want to accept and get. And that's what I'm chasing still is, you know, some of those dreams yet, you know, that's what music's about and in life, you know, is dreaming and chasing them. And, you know, the most ones I have are like, I want to play Hellfest. I want to do, you know, walk in, you would think, you know, you know, a legacy band like us, we'd get invited, but, you know, we never do, you know, we keep fighting the fight to try to, but one of these years we're going to get on it, you know, Bloodstock, I'd love to get, I mean, we always, why don't you play it? Why don't you play it? Well, they just, they don't have interest for us or some reason. I don't know what it is. We can't get through that the door <laughs> i mean there's a lot of politics i would bet there's a lot of good bands that's the thing too there's a lot of great bands i mean but we're hoping you know that's what we're looking for a lot of those goals still that i think that keeps us going yeah that's baffling um as a regular bloodstock attendee myself uh it's uh, that's that that leaves me quite scratching my head i'd love yeah. to know uh, more details about that yeah we get submitted and uh, don't even get a reply back you know it's just that's the business, you know, that's the punches. You can't take anything serious, you know. You just got to keep plugging. And one of these years, they might say, yeah, you know, put it up. It'd be great, you know. Well, if there's ever a time, it's now. Because there's a sense of reinvigoration on Jungle Rotten's record. It really, really feels like you guys are having a lot of fun. Aren't yeah. I, question, are you still having fun? Yeah. I mean, well, that's the main thing is fun. We write our songs to be fun. You know, we try to get right to the point. I mean, you know. I always picture the person coming in. I do most of the writing and I always picture a first timer coming to see us and, you know, they walk in the door. I see it happen every night when I go on tour, you know, and oh, I've never seen the band, you know, they'll come with a friend and we see how it, we win them over. You know, they tap their foot in the beginning and they bang their head and all of a sudden it's the fist. And then the next thing they're in the pit and by the end of the night, new favorite band, you know, that's how it goes right down the line. <laughs> yeah, I've done a few of that gigs myself. <laughs> Okay, yeah. 
Have you had any experiences with the kind of generational thing yet, where like a father and son or a mother and daughter have been along and like the mother's been into you for so many years and they're bringing the daughter? Oh, yeah. That's exactly what's happened in the last two, three years. And it's a beautiful thing because they're passing the torch and they're, you know, they're starting out young and they're finding the underground good. And that's going to be the next generation. You could see already now the next generation of the wave of bands that have been coming up are just really death metal. I think a lot of kids that were in that death core two, three, four years ago, I think they might have went their hair a little longer and they went pure death metal. Now it seems like the scene here is really doing good. We got a, a lot of good young bands, Frozen Soul on death, you know, a lot of good bands coming up that are, you know, carrying the torch that are young and got a great start already. Yeah, yeah. So you are, you, you, pay, you find yourself paying attention as much as possible to the kind of up and coming. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, to, yeah. We, I pay attention as much as I can, man, uh, to what's out there. Yeah. I mean, we're all one family, right? <laughs> yeah. It's that, isn't it? It's the family thing because there's a, you know, there's a, Fortunately, it's kind of rare, but the whole, oh no, these people are coming from my spot. I must stamp on their fingers. Kind of. <laughs> yeah. No, it's been going good here, though. There's a good scene here. I mean, it's uh, it's really, it's large. It's going good, man. Oh, I'm glad to hear that as well, because obviously, you know, Jungle Rock there. Well, you used the term legendary. Legendary is the term that's used for Jungle Rock these days. What, what could, what could, I always say that, what considers legendary? 10 albums out would can you consider yourself legendary after 10 i mean what would consider leg legendary i would think if i said the name juggle rock to most people uh within the, the scene and he went and they knew who you were i would consider that it's i would consider the knowledge of who you are whether even if it wasn't that they knew your back catalog or how many albums or could name x amount of songs all that rubbish but he went oh yeah i've heard of jungle rock death metal band that kind of thing that's that's okay. that's a start for me but isn't that funny though? Then that we talk about the festivals that make you wonder: Do they ever hear of us, or are they just they see how they look at it different? It's it's weird, ain't it? <laughs> it is weird considering that well and all that just fits most of these festivals to a T. You know, fest your festival to me when I go to a festival, it's about discovering new bands. You know yeah. what I'm saying? And that's you know, and that's that's what I thought it was all about. You know, not repeating the same bands. Like, it's amazing how we've never been on a lot of these festivals, and you think they would be in line trying to get us a new act that's never been there after 20 years of having these huge festivals you think they'd be yeah we want that act we never had them but no they'll grab some other act that they've already had for four or five years <laughs> you know you know Rob, i'll never understand it i'll never understand it. no i agree with what you agree with but we're gonna have an in we get some sort of brief insight and say for example with a big one in this country download um and uh, oh. every year people moan about the same headlines being booked you know your giants yeah. I see it. I see yeah. the I see the lineup every year and I dream. <laughs> I yeah, see yeah. every year. Follow that up by then complaining if a new band, a younger band, is given the headline slot and say, oh, they're not big enough to headline. And it's kind of like you can't have it both ways. You either yeah. want change or you don't. Yeah. I, yeah, I but it is weird how you look at it. Yeah, that's that's one of those questions that will never be answered, you know. <laughs> mm -hmm, mm -hmm. For you then though, what about um Jungle Rock's longevity, what is it from your perspective that when you look out and you see your fan base, what is it that has meant the core fan base has always stayed throughout all these years and the albums and all the releases? You've got this core fan base that adores you and still does today and on a new release are still loving everything you do. <laughs> I think, seriously, that's a tough question, man. But uh, I think... Um when they get younger, I think a lot of them grew up with us and they know what we're all about. And, you know, they have a lot of 
older memories. You know, we're still getting new, new fans and hope, you know, we do get a little here, but a lot of them are older fans that we already stole their souls. I think that they relate to it because they grew up with it and, you know, it's something that they grab and they look forward to it. And I think another thing is when we go on the road, you know, we always talk to them. I mean, we're very good people. I mean, that goes a long way, man. They know when they see us, that's one of the funnest things about touring is, is seeing the faces that have been following us for 10 years now, 15 years. We see them. It's, you know, like I said, a family. And I think that goes a long way as well, you know, just communicating with them and just being one of them or one of us, you know, we're all the same, you know. I think that helps out a lot. I really do. Basically, don't be scared, right? Come and talk to you. Say hello, you know. Yeah, for sure. I'm normal. Yeah, I'm a little different than you. You know, I cut the grass. You know, I, you know, I have dogs. You know, that's what I enjoy doing. You know, I'm I'm same as you. I don't live in a castle. You know, I don't do anything like that. <laughs> Absolutely. What was it like um, working with Unique Leader on this release? Obviously, the label is synonymous with extreme music, but this is the first time you with them for you guys so far it's been great you know i'm excited to be with them uh they're a young label you know i like that you know in younger generation i was hoping to sign to them and like i said get some of the younger crowd as well you know they are a brutal slam label and trying to get some of those younger kids to cross over to this primitive old school i think it's like trying to number you know they don't even know what cassette tapes are you know trying to go, go backwards like that but i think we've already got some of the fans over there you know they're following but i'm excited it's a great label i mean they you know they pump out the albums they're taking a lot of chances i think they're one of the strongest labels out there today and they're no different than any of the other bigger ones i think they're right with them no i agree absolutely easy one of my favorite in this country for sure it's glad it's going well as well now, my personal favorite track of the new album is Death Squad. Although, ask me tomorrow and it'll be a totally different, <laughs> it'll be Total Extinction or something like that. I want to ask you, from your perspective, what is your personal favorite track in the album? Perhaps the one you enjoy playing the most? Me, personally, I like the title track, Caught Arms. I just think it's, you know, it's just groovy. You know, it's, it feels good when I play it. I mean, I enjoy playing it. I, I think it, you know, it's, I call it like a Frankenstein, I guess, of a song. You know, it's got a lot of the album. It's got the the speed it's got the the groove it's got it all i think it just has everything in there just to make it a very good song and in, in my mind I, I like that song yeah but if i asked you tomorrow would you uh, have a different different one <laughs> could be could be yeah i mean i for i like asymmetric warfare real easy you know i you know i you know i, I like propane that reminds me of you know, a little bit of hardcore in there, you know, straight to the point, I, you know, real, that, that kind of song like that, when I write it, I always think, you know, like I said before, I know when we play that song live, it's just, that's the kind of song that's just people are going to go home and they're going to just wake up in the morning and hear that riff in their head, you know, and that it's just going to sound so clean and good, you know, live because it's so simplistic and easy. It's just, and that's what Jungle Rats all about, man, is people coming to the show and leaving. And I know they wake up in the morning and it's, they're humming them, man. They remember those riffs, man. We, you know, we get them. We hook them good, man. Uh, I hope you've come back to the UK at some point soon. <laughs> Me too, man. You know, we have a great time there. You know, we were building a good little thing there. We got over there a couple of times. Now we're having issues again. And, you know, I, I think there's a great scene there. I mean... I think if we can get on that bloodstock sometime and then start doing some headlining after that, I think it's something to really take off, man, because we do have a lot of fans that I always get a lot of, you know, requests and response from there and nonstop, man. I mean, it, it, it's going good there for us. 
for now, just keep doing what you're doing at the moment. As you say, you've got a tour coming up soon, so that's going to keep you busy, and that's great to focus on. But without going too far into the future, because it's very hard to do anyway these days, this sort of feels like the start of the next phase of Jungle Rot. Are you feeling that as well? Because everything feels pretty damn good at the moment. I think so. Being on a new label, you know, new launch, you know, new, new everything. I think, you know, refreshing. I mean, you know, I loved the last label run with Victory, but, you know, they had issued a long running label, great label. They did a lot of us, man, but they kind of, at the end, they always come down, you know, it started bottoming out on us. And I think this was going to be good for us. I mean, you know, I'm excited for the future for sure. Oh, I love that. Excited for the future. It's exciting because our last question I have for you then is simply this. And it's going back to 1996, Skin the Living, 1996, right? And then yeah. Call to Arms 2022. There's the first and there's the current releases. Aside from obviously lineup changes, for you, what's the biggest difference in Jungle Rot today? <laughs> uh, that's a tough one again, man. I mean, <laughs> not much is not much has really changed. I mean, I guess I go down to back, you think of skin and leaving. I remember back in those days, I mean, that was back when we were in the garage, sweating it out, writing it as a group, you know, good times, practicing four or five nights a week, you know, that, you know, just couldn't wait to get home and get off work and go home from school to do it. You know, every night you're practicing in a jam spot and now it's completely different. You write on a computer. I write with just my guitar player. We never write as a band in a jam room anymore. You know, I just, I do the writing and that's the only difference I can see. I think that's a lot of bands are like that when you get older, you know, you have families and it's hard to just get together, you know, and, and I think that's the biggest thing, you know, when you're young, you could just devote 100% for sure, you know, but we're still pretty dedicated. Though. <laughs> yeah. And the music, it's still absolutely killing it. Slamming it out there. So like from beginning to end, just it's been an incredible experience up to this point. Can't wait to see more. Dave, thank you so much for taking the time to do this. Thank you. Thank you very much for watching. You can check us out on gbhbell.com as well as on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter and Tumblr. Go to Patreon to help us out over there. That's patreon.com forward slash GBHBL as well as Big Cartel where you can find some of our merchandise. We have a podcast running on SoundCloud and Apple Podcasts. And of course, if you like this video, do us a favor, hit the subscribe button and help the channel grow. Games, horror and heavy metal. What else is life for?